Hello people, welcome to episode 9 of the When in Yorkshire podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, my name's Lucio and this week I am speaking to Louise Distras, who is a punk rock singer, songwriter, guitarist. Um, we met ahead of her gig at the Key Club in Leeds, which is clearly becoming my favourite venue to record podcasts in. They're very accommodating and it's a great venue. If you haven't been, uh, strongly find an excuse to go. I, I really recommend it. Um, and yeah, they, they also have a a new arcade room, which I hadn't discovered before. Um, so that's where we recorded this one. Um, this was a great chat. Um, I only recently discovered um, or found out about Louise, um, although she has been going for quite a while now. Um, I One of my friends previously worked with her. Um, and I saw her name around on a few different bills and then saw she was coming to Leeds. Um, it turns out she's from Wakefield. We'll go into a little bit about her um, her life in Wakefield. Um, she's a very interesting person. Um, it, it was great to just listen to her. I'd probably say less in this podcast than others, which is potentially a good thing. Um, she had a lot of stories to tell and um yeah was very engaging so i had a great time recording this one we talk about her um her childhood how she got into music and um, she's had uh, some rough times and we also get into the fact that she was previously homeless um and the work that she now does with musicians against homeless and crisis um and how that all links in and why she's she's doing that work she's currently on tour promoting her new EP Street Revolution give that a go it's great it's on Spotify um certainly that's where I've I've listened to it um so yeah give that a go um and she mentioned she's got an album coming out later on in the year and she's going to be touring all over the place so do check her out make sure you catch her live um and yeah enjoy the episode it was a great chat and I hope you enjoy it too here it is this is Louise Distras rolling so we're good okay. um so yeah hello i'm here with louise distress have i said that right yeah yeah not bad okay <laughs> um and we're at the key club and uh, ahead of louise's gig so how are you doing i am fabulous how are you yeah very good absolutely knackered been at work but, uh, <laughs> but this is this is a, a highlight of my day so thank you very much for, for joining me oh it's my pleasure it's great to be back on home turf for the Bam burner, home down, <laughs> throw down in, in Leeds tonight. It's going to be awesome, I can't wait. Excellent. So you're local, yeah? Uh, yeah. Kind of Wakefield, is that right? I'm from Wakefield, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I've got dual citizenship between Wakefield and Cyprus and nice. London. <laughs> nice. Yeah, London, yeah. <laughs> citizenship of London. They're yeah. Like the north. Yeah, well, it's like I'm, I'm from Wakefield, um, but when I'm not in the studio or on the road, I tend to split my time between Wakefield and London because... London's obviously, you know, the hub for all my yeah, music yeah. stuff. That's where I'm writing and recording and cool. rabble rousing, causing <laughs> trouble, making plans, you know, all that kind of stuff. So nice. yeah, but it's it's always nice to be back in Yorkshire. Hashtag Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get that one going tonight. In fact I don't need to. Every every It'll time every, I know, every time we're playing Leeds, everyone's just like Yorkshire, Yorkshire. And then one of the last times I played here it was supporting Itch from, uh, it was actually supporting the King oh, Blues. Yeah. And the crowd were like super rowdy and they're shouting, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. 
And I think he didn't know what to make of it. And yeah, I says yeah. to him, if they're heckling you, it means that they love you. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good it. sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, take, take it as a compliment. <laughs> That's how we express our adoration for each other in Yorkshire. You know, Absolutely. we just insult each other and push each other as far as we can go. And then yeah, at yeah. the end, it's like, oh, I love you, mate. Yeah, I, I, um, I have some mates who used to live together. And you go in and they'd be like, it's so hostile to each other. <laughs> and the, the, the argument was, was like, if, if I can't tell him that, that I fucking hate him and he's a prick, then it doesn't mean anything if I tell him I love him. So it has yeah. to work both ways. You know, so. I, I think that that like, classic Yorkshire um, expression of love is something that carried me well um, in, the, in the punk scene because yeah. like, I, like some, I, I know a bunch of singer-songwriters like, they'll go on stage and, and if people aren't like, loving them, they're just like, oh my God, like, what's going on? And I'm just like, the more vile hatred that they can like throw my way the better I fucking love it like I, I I love playing to a hostile crowd and at the beginning they're like who the fuck is this woman with an acoustic guitar that just won't go away because you won't believe how offended people are by yeah, just yeah. one woman and a guitar but then by the end of it they're crying they're singing along they're like raising their fist and then they're spending yeah. all their money at the merch stand awesome. <laughs> and then like and then and then, we're, and then we're all best mates at the end of it so like I, I love a challenge you know yeah. I, I that's where you know, as an artist, in you know, in every respect, as an artist, I feel um, inspired the most. You know, in places where I don't belong, in places where I'm not went to, not where I'm not went, meant to be, places where I feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, because that's where the good shit happens. Yeah, the yeah, good that's shit. Where inspiration and the stories come from. I, absolutely, absolutely, and I've and I've led quite an uncomfortable life. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like all all the everything that I'm singing about in my songs comes from real life experiences yeah. it's all it's all true stories all things that i've seen and felt and heard and you know so um yeah so it just goes straight into the songs awesome you know? just, it's all just, content well it's more than content it's just it's just storytelling pure heart and soul you know um and songs that you can sing along to yeah. <laughs> you can cry you can laugh you can hate you can love basically feel something yeah that's exactly kind of, exactly yeah. right and and that seems to be something that's quite um a radical notion nowadays you know yeah. to be able to um like go to a gig or listen to a record that actually makes you feel something you know yeah. so i get asked a lot um uh, i get asked a lot of questions about being a protest singer and it's like mate i'm not a protest singer i'm just saying what i see and what i feel yeah. these, these stories are all true stories that have happened to me why is it that people consider you know, one woman and a guitar sharing her experiences to be a protest and to yeah. be such a radical notion. And there's many answers, but one of them I think is because people um, being able to feel something is, is seems to be a bit of an anomaly nowadays, yeah. which I don't understand, you know, like, especially when you go back to the great music that soundtracked our lives, you know, punk rock, 70s, yeah, yeah. heavy metal, things like that. It's all music that makes us just want to rip his clothes off and start throwing <laughs> shit down and spin kicking, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, yeah. we need more spin kicking. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, get in the acoustic scene. Yeah, there I'm talking to too much. No, this no. is your podcast, Absolutely I'm interviewing not. you. <laughs> so it's all about the guests, it's all about the guests. So let's take it, take it right back then. Okay. So uh, what's your earliest memory of music? What started it all off for you? Oh, my earliest memory of music would probably be being extremely young and my mum blasting out ELO, Queen, Greatest Hits 2, Whitney Houston, Bee Gees, Bon Jovi um, on a Sunday afternoon while she was yeah. cleaning the house. 
you know, hoovering, doing the ironing and her singing at the top of her lungs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sing, singing very flat. <laughs> but, you know, but she's... Enjoying it. Yeah, but enjoying it. it. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. So that's my earliest memory of music. But in terms of writing and playing music, I've been doing it my entire life. I've yeah. been doing it for as long as I can remember. I don't just play guitar. I play other instruments as well. I play okay. violin, piano, bass guitar... I'm one of those really annoying people that like if you give me an instrument I'll just figure out how to how to play it like yeah. I've, I've never had a music lesson in my life all self-taught so, just yeah. wanting to make noise basically yeah, exa- yeah. exactly so that, I guess that's why my singing and my playing is quite idiosyncratic because I'm not I'm not trained in any way yeah um, so I guess that goes back to it's just natural and comes you know it's just all about how you're feeling yeah and that, that sort of trans comes into the music that, and, that's and your it. style of playing as well that's it exactly it's all it's always just been all, it's always about the feeling so i mean the record that changed my life um was bleach by nirvana when i was 13 yeah or 12 i can't remember um but that was the first time i ever heard a record and actually it made me feel something and it it that record as a 13 year old that record sounded like what was going on inside my head and how I felt at that time in my life. I was um, bullied at home, I was bullied at school. I felt very alienated, I was a complete outcast, very, very isolated. So that record to me sounded like the pain that I was in and it made me feel actually like I wasn't alone for the first time in my life. Something you can relate to. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was the record that inspired me to start playing guitar um, and start writing and just making noise really. like because it showed me that there was a way that I could express myself on my own terms. You know, as a you know, as a young person, you're always told, "Oh well, you know, you're 12, you're 13. What do you know? You haven't yeah. even lived your life yet, so your opinions don't count. Your feelings aren't valid, but you're irrelevant, kind of thing." But that's not actually true. So being able to have that outlet was very um, empowering for me. Yeah. Um, like a form of therapy, like yeah absolutely and and music is still is therapy for me as well so um so anyway so when i was 16 i ran away from home um because of the things that that were going on and it was the case that running away from home and and being homeless was better than going through what i was going through at the time but the thing that remained the one constant for me was actually just being able to have my guitar because um i stayed in a lot of different places in a lot of dangerous situations with a lot of dangerous people who ultimately ended up taking advantage of me as a young vulnerable woman but the one constant that I actually had it was my music it was those Nirvana records Alice in Chains Pearl Jam Mud Money um you know Queen even Bon Jovi I'm not ashamed to say you know it it was having (laughs) there's some bangers in there (laughs) yeah you know it was having those records and having my guitar that that was the one grounding force in my life that um, gave me something to focus on. It gave me faith, and it and it gave me a way to express myself during a very turbulent time where I didn't necessarily what was I didn't necessarily understand what was going on because yeah. at that point you know you're you're just living day to day trying to survive and you don't necessarily recognise the trauma that you're actually going through. It's later down the line where it catches up with you. It's called um, future shock. Right. So. Um, where you get a chance to evaluate what's happened and process it. It's like, it's like, um, I guess it's some kind of like PTSD. It's like, okay. you're basically going at a million miles an hour for years and years and years. You're always going forward. You're not processing anything. And then what happens is, is that one day, just out of nowhere, it's like you crash into a fucking brick wall at a million miles an hour and everything just hits you. 
and, and it catches up with you and, and, and that's where all the damage starts to un unfold. So um, that when the future shock hit me, that was around the time that I was um, working on my first album, Dreams from the Thatcher Floor. Right. Um, so, a lot, you know, a lot of the stories in, in that album, well, all of the stories, what am I talking about? All the stories in that album come from real life experiences, you know, from that time. So the record was stripped back to just a voice and an acoustic guitar. It was, it was very, very raw and very, very vulnerable. And it, and it yeah. that was my therapy. So to have that, to make that record as therapy, you know, not trying to make it as a musician or a rock star, I'm just no. making art for the sake of making art and expression. Yeah. But then people just, people just really, really liked it. Um, and then just through sheer word of mouth, I began to just start playing everywhere and anywhere. And that record took me all over the world. It took me like Canada, America several times, Scandinavia, all over Europe, wow. you know, um, excuse me, to the UK a lot. Um, and being on stage every night on my own, um, you know, without a band, without yeah. a crew, you know, just dragging my ass um, around on the Megabus with my guitar and a suitcase full of merch and sleeping on strangers' sofas. That was the best, that was actually the best kind of therapy that I probably could have had at that point because yeah. it taught me to be able to um, truly stand on my own in a way. And it gave me a lot of emotional strength to be able to stand up on stage every night going through all these feelings of isolation, um, suicide things like that and then to be able to just scream my head off every night it's actually it's actually a really good therapy <laughs> yeah yeah i, I bet it yeah. is it's, i mean it's, it's the exact opposite of bottling it up isn't it you, uh, yeah. every night you're yeah. going through it and letting a bit of it go yes yeah. yeah and then what i found was through doing that um the people that come to my shows are the people who were just like me when i was 13. yeah it's all people who 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 are like on the outside looking in um and, and pe you know, people who are, who are like weirdos, <laughs> but not in a bad way. No, no. Um, so through that, you know, a, a, a community was created of, of um, you know, friends, family, true, true believers, if, if you want to say fans, it's a weird word, yeah. but, um, you know, that just started happening and, and it all started, we all just started to come together through, through music and through the songs and we all found each other and, and then, yeah, and then here we are today, you know, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So like, the music that made me feel alone, made me feel like I wasn't alone, mm. inspired me to write music, and then other people told me that they didn't feel as alone anymore because they heard my music, and yeah. I was just like, that is just... That's like that's the ultimate validation, isn't it? It's just you've achieved something that's having an impact on somebody else, right. unintentionally. Oh, just... it, yeah, it's way better than a Kerrang award. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, that's the shit that you can't buy. You, yeah. know, you, you can't buy or crowdfund that no, <laughs> you know just that, I mean? that connection that people have exactly yeah. exactly it's a very very powerful connection um so yeah um don't know what to no. say yeah. <laughs> ask your next question i'm i'm been, i'm just rambling no no that's, that's, that's awesome um, <laughs> so in terms of like live music then can you remember your first experience of live music performing no 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 seeing it um well, it was probably when I, before I ran away from home for good, I used to run away all the time. And there used to be this bar, this like cellar live music dive venue in Wakefield called Players. So I used to um, basically go out and not go home and uh, sneak into this venue called Players, like completely underage 
and just just watch local bands play. Yeah. Um, so that was my first experience of live music. And do you remember? Do you remember any of the bands <laughs> that you saw? Um, yeah, one of them was this guy that I fancied, and he <laughs> <laughs> he was like the Kurt Cobain of my school, and he had like really long brown hair with like blonde streaks in. Yeah. I mean, he played a Jaguar and, you know... And Actually he, straight up wanted to be Kurt Cobain then. Yeah, but he was awesome. And, he's, and then I remember, like, his birthday was on the same day as mine as well. So I was like, oh, it's meant to be. <laughs> oh, we're going to get married. But yeah, but, you know, so, like, I remember watching his band and just a bunch of other local bands, you know, just, like, just my friends. You yeah. know, we, we all used to bunk off, um, like, the really boring lessons, like maths and stuff, and go sit in the field and smoke weed and smoke cigarettes and learn how to play power cards and yeah, yeah. songs and things like that you know and then um you know and then sometimes we'd we'd be able to like go play at this place called players you know so yeah that's that was my first experience of live music really just sneaking out and causing trouble yeah and then getting <laughs> then having the police come into the into the pub and go like has anyone seen louise her parents are asking for it <laughs> and then getting to know exactly where you'd be yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah no one knew where i'd be yeah, exactly. we we had similar. Like, I, I grew up kind of I'm originally from down south, but yeah. I grew up in Whitby, um, and nobody ever ever taught there at all. So mm-hmm. it was a folk folk town, yeah, basically. And uh, we used to put our own gigs on, so it'd be like fourteen, fifteen, just find back room of a, there's one pub that let us basically have their pool room, just uh, move move all the pool tables yeah. over. But it was the same things like everybody knew everybody, yeah, close like they knew who everybody was. They let people drink, but the amount of times you get police coming in, it's just like, move your drinks to the side. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's not ours. Try not yeah. to get it shut down. Yeah. But it's yeah, creating that little community that it just sort of makes you like belong and just gives yeah. you that freedom to express yeah. yourself. It's just exactly. it's amazing. And that's why local, um, you know, local music and grassroots venues are so important. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm, I feel old. I'm not... I'm not old, but say back in my day, you know, we used to sneak into the venues underage, you yeah. know, and drink shit lager and just watch bands and stuff. But it was those moments that sowed the seeds for for where we are now. Yeah. You know? And you, you know, you, you you never know who's um, you know, who's gonna be who's who's gonna end up writing songs or who's gonna end up. I don't know, even teaching guitar or running a recording studio or something. But that's where it all comes from. Yeah. It comes from that melting pot of young people you know exchanging ideas exchanging mixtapes you know watching bands play yeah. music together that is how you create a scene and how you create a revolution you know and um you know without me need to digress that's one of the one of the reasons i think that the government are, are cutting funding to the arts and a lot of grassroots venues are being shut down because if you shut down those venues then young kids lose those platforms yeah. to be able to actually exchange those ideas and and, and express themselves but uh, you know, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom because I always <clears throat> believe in punk rock and believe that um, art always finds a way anyway. So even if there are no grassroots venues, it's only just going to get forced into rehearsal spaces, people's living rooms, yeah, yeah. streets, so on and so forth. So I, you know, um, absolutely you know, played yeah. played many a rehearsal room gig. Yeah, just just get yeah. sixty people into a room where they shouldn't be in. Yeah, exactly. Just make some horrific noise and it's awesome. Exactly. Rock, rock and rolls will never die. It doesn't oh. matter what people say. <laughs> no, it, no. it will never, it will never, never ever die because it's the, as Bruce Springsteen said, rock and roll is the universal equation of love, you know, and and uh, visions and free spirit. It's, it's, it says it's one plus one equals three. 
because one plus one equals two is for grind, but one plus one equals three is for equation of, of rock and roll and why nothing in art makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it always finds a way. It comes um, from the boss. Exactly. Yeah. I think I'm going to get that tattooed, actually. One plus one equals three. So if anybody nice. ever asks me any questions, I'll just go one plus one equals three. <laughs> <laughs> you can't answer for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So your first live gig then, can you remember? My first live yeah, gig. Yeah, to put playing, performing. <laughs> it was actually sneaking into a venue, into a pub in Wakefield on a Sunday afternoon, getting served underage and there was this cover band on and me and my mates were in there and, and we went up to them and we said, here, we're in a band. <laughs> like, we were like 14. Yeah. Can, can we play a song? And they went, yeah. And when, and when the cover band took a break, it, you know, it was like an afternoon yeah. gig in a small, small dive bar, but they let us play it. Nice. And that was my first ever live rock that's, and roll that's experience. That's pretty punk as well. That's just going in, it's not your gig, yeah, and I'm yeah. fucking playing. It was really, really scary. But I'd probably drank about two pints of lager at that point. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's, that's, that's how it went down. But yeah. that was my first live show, yeah, 14 nice. years old in the Tottenham pub in Wakefield. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that feeling, like, how has that changed throughout the, you know, the, the hundreds of gigs that you've played since then? Oh, it hadn't changed at all. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still 14 years old, getting on stage for the first time every single show. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about music than I've ever been right now, um, and also more nervous as well. Like I get really <laughs> nervous before the shows, and you know the guys will tell you like I'm usually flapping around, like <laughs> just really on edge, really nervous, and then I'll be back and forth from the toilet puking up and that and. You know, but then I remember one time somebody said to me, oh, um, well, Freddie Mercury got really, really bad stage fright, you know? And I was like, really? Because you'd think, like, Freddie Mercury was... Yeah, he's all yeah. the showman. Yeah, absolutely. And you'd think, oh, as if Freddie Mercury got stage fright, mm. but he did. He used to puke his guts up, he couldn't eat. Yeah. The same as me. Um, so I always... So when I get like that, and I'm getting, like, scatty and nervous, like I'm getting now, as you can tell, I always just think... What would Freddie Mercury do? That's another <laughs> tattoo. What would Freddie Mercury? One plus yeah. one equals three. What would Freddie Mercury do? And um, and I just think Freddie Mercury would go out and he'd fucking kill it. Yeah. So as soon as I'd start pretending I'm Freddie, that's it. Then it's game on, and then I've got no idea what happens because it's like I, when I'm on stage, I'm I'm in outer space. It's yeah. really weird. I've got something else takes <laughs> over. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got no idea what's going on. So. Um, yeah, I'm still as excited as ever about music. I love it. Like I, I consider it to be a complete gift and a complete privilege. So I, I don't take it for granted. I'm, no. I'm very lucky to live one plus one equals three, not yeah. one plus one equals two. You know. So um, yeah, I, I, it's it's fucking brilliant. It's great being me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great being Louise's jazz from Wakefield. From Wakey. Yeah, from Wakey. It's good. My, one of my favourite ex- like experiences with Wakefield played a gig at is it where where else twenty three oh, yeah. is that is that still there is that a thing I might mm. have made that up yeah um, good venue like the venue yeah uh, like just finished loading in and then Sunday afternoon really really hot sun and then there's just this guy walking through the centre of Wakefield and just runs up to a pigeon and just goes fuck off and Did then you kick that, it? no no but just just proper with with so much intent just really wanted that pigeon to move and I'm just like that, that guy knows what he wants <laughs> and then just carried on walking as if it hadn't happened oh my god good good yeah I mean I'm not sure what to do now but that was that was amazing that's your wakey experience that's, that's one of that's my favourite Wakefield experience I, yeah it's it's like that it's a mad place as <laughs> yeah. wakey 
it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a you know there's a million Wakefields around the world, unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, um, but it's weird, isn't it? Like, I always think the best music comes from those off the beaten track places. It never yeah. really comes out of major cities. No. Um, you know, even if you want to go back to the 90s with Nirvana, where they came from, and we were talking mm. about it last night. Actually, we were saying about how all the best rock music and the heaviest music comes out of Birmingham. Right, okay. Like, what is it about Birmingham yeah, yeah. that just creates brutal, cold, inhuman, death music? <laughs> who's, who's your favourite Brummie artist then? Well, it's got to be Black Sabbath. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that actually, there's also this really good band. Uh, well, the guys are from Birmingham, but they're living in LA. They're like expats. They're As you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're a really great punk rock band called Sharp Shot. Okay. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Best stuff's like mine. It's like it's like razor blades wrapped in candy floss. Nice. Yeah, so they're probably my. That's favorite. a great description. Yeah, I love yeah. It. They're my favorite brummy punk band, but but uh, the singer's from Bromsgrove, but um, okay. But he's living in LA right now, but they're technically brummy, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we will give them that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll check them out. I'll put the link. <laughs> yeah. Put them a link for, so other people can check them out as well. Yeah. That sounds nice. Um. So new EP out. Yeah. Talk to me about that. How do how's this? How's the writing process done? Um, well, the new EP consists of tracks that were actually recorded for the new album. So last year I recorded 20 new tracks in San Francisco, California nice. with um, Ross Peterson. He's produced records for Bruce Springsteen, Goo Goo Dolls, The Vamps, Cheryl Crow, um, and Steve Whale of The Business. Um, and um, yeah, so we recorded 20 new tracks for the new album. It's due out later this year. Um, but then I, I thought to myself, well, actually, it's been a while since I released anything. So what if I just put out this little EP that, yeah. that offers um, that offers a little taster of what's to come on the new album, you know? So that was the thinking behind putting it out, really. Yeah. Um, it's not really a lot of rocket science behind it. No, actually. no, just get some content, people, stuff for people to listen. and Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to give like like fans something new, but also put out something new that new people can get, can get into as well. Yeah. But I also think with the current um, political and social climate that, that street revolution, um, it, it's, it's funny the timing that it was released, you know, when yeah. you consider the uh, protests that are happening all over the world right yeah. now. So, um, you know, a lot of people are standing up for um, equal rights and for human rights and for peace and love and freedom. So, it, you know, so it seems definitely seems to be a track that's resonated with a lot of people yeah. um, so um, and it's quite funny really because I had this meeting with a record label executive and he said you know Louise you're not going to really get very far writing lyrics like Street Revolution and I was like well really is that why um, why, it, why it's getting played all over the radio and why it's number 10 on the, the iTunes chart yeah. and why everybody's singing it at the shows and saying yeah fuck yeah we need a song like this right now because of everything that's happening, so you know no. that's just sort of the feedback, you know. Ab it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Back a bit. Yeah, so it's it's funny really with the timing of it all, um, but you know, like so yeah, it's been really really well received. Um, I'm playing all the new tracks from the new album and, and the EP at the shows. Um, everyone's really excited excited about them. Um, they can't wait to hear. Yeah, the album been, when it comes out. Yeah, I, I like I say I've listened to it a few times. It's I've, yeah. It's really, really ca like catchy, mm -hmm. um, and not in a kind of, I don't know, not in a generic way. Yeah. I just, you know, they they're not always obvious melodies, but the stuff that gets, mm. it honestly, just gets stuck in yeah. your head. Um, and yeah, it, it, 
when the first the first time I listened to it, like I, I listened to um, uh, I think I listened to about half of well, yeah, I listened to three mm. tracks straight off the yeah. bat again because yeah. the the ones we it, it honestly just sticks in your head yeah. and I kind of wanted to know the words. It's yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where I'm not just happy to have just absorbed yeah. it. Yeah, I wanted to go back and, and revisit and, and listen to what's going on because you think, yeah, there's some re- there's some really nice themes going in there. Yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a Moorish one. That's probably the best no, way to thanks. describe it. Um, there seems to be more of a focus on. I don't know if it was more of a focus or it's just natural what's happened. That there seems to be more of a a, a melodic side to it to some of your earlier stuff mm. that, um, that I listened to. Mm. Um, not to say that it's any less. Uh, raw or the passion or the energy is any less yeah. there just seems to be more of a, a sort of a, like I say a focus on melody is that, is that something that's been, a, been a, is, was that an intention or is that just an, a natural progression in, I, in I, the way you got to writing I think it's just a natural progression in songwriting I mean yeah. um, you know as a music fan one of my biggest influences is ABBA wow yeah, okay you know of yeah. Bee Gees Fleetwood Mac <laughs> But I'm also a massive fan of Slayer as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so I guess like what what comes out is somewhere between the two <laughs> yeah. in, in my songs. You know, again, it's going back to that analogy. It sounds like it's like razor blades wrapped in candy floss. Yeah, yeah. The candy floss is for melody, but for razor blade is for lyric. Yes. And um, people, uh, you know, it shows they, they sing along to the words, mm. but then not necessarily... Uh, on the first listen think about the words like what you did but then yeah. they go back and revisit the words and they think and they're like right yeah there's something going on here um and um it's really interesting because i was at a show i played a show in nottingham on friday yeah. and a couple of people um a couple of people came up to me and they said um we went to the anti-austerity march in london last week and we were playing street revolution while nice. we were marching you know so i was like I was just like, that is really, really, really cool. And it's like, the song, the song in itself, it's like, you know, it's not meant to, I mean, it, I mean, if people want to, it's not meant to uh, burn down the banks and no. everything. It's like a hymn for people to sing at church on a Sunday. That's what it is. It's a song, okay, that, yeah. it's a song that brings people together and, yeah. and it, you know, and it, it's about unity. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, but it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, it could be about, um, you know, the, the, the revolution on the street of, you know, going to work and getting shit from your boss every day and punching him with a fit in the face. <laughs> you know, or it could be, um, you know, it, it can be whatever you want it to be. But I think that that last line, no one saves us, only ourselves, is something mm-hmm. that we can all relate to. Because if you want to do anything in life, you can't sit around... Yeah. As Frank Turner said, you can't sit around waiting for the light to go green. You've got to yeah. get off your ass and make it happen yourself in, in whatever whatever that may be in your life. So I think that that's something that relate that can you know that people yeah. can relate to. It's I definitely no I, abs- absolutely, and that's a great <laughs> yeah. lyric that you pulled out as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, in ter- in terms of like what's what's going on next for you, I've just seen that you're you're off to Vegas. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, well, it, it's my second time in Vegas, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been there twice. No, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm a, so after this tour, um, I'm touring the UK again in April, uh, yeah. but it's, it's major cities this time, supporting uh, an awesome rock and roll steampunk band called The Men Who Will Not Be Blamed For Nothing. Yeah, yeah, so, great band. Yeah, they are awesome, yeah. big fans. So I'm touring with those guys across the UK in April. After that, I'm touring um, the US, 
there's um, there's a show at Punk Rock World in Las Vegas, and I'm also playing a club show with Amigo the Devil at the right. Bar in Las Vegas as well. There's going to be a bunch of other dates announced soon. And then, excuse me, when I come back from the States, I'm going to be touring uh, mainland Europe, Germany, etc., doing a bunch of festivals. And then after that, the plan is, is to come back, release the new album, and then just do it all again. Yeah. So it'll be release the new album, hit the road, write a load more songs, release them, hit the road again, and then hopefully I'll be I'll still be doing it when I'm 70. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you've got a lot of road time there. Yeah. And the, talking about writing more songs, do you write a lot on the road? Where's What's your sort of writing process in terms... Like some people will be adamant that they can't write on the road mm. um, and that they need to sort of... They're two, mm. they're two totally separate things. Yeah. How do you, how do you find it? Uh, I don't write on the road. Um, I write in... Uh, isolated environments like with yeah. no phones and no distractions things like that yeah. in fact a, um, a, a, a quite a big part of the new album was actually written um, in a cottage by the sea in near Rye near okay. Hastings um, so me and my uh, producer Steve Weil we just went down there we rented, we rented a cottage for a week and um, we set up all the protocols in the living yeah. room and we went out, we got up every morning, we went out for a walk on the beachfront, collected shells, got blasted <laughs> by the gales, by the sea. Blew um, some cobwebs away. Yeah, yeah blew yeah. all the cobwebs away from the day before and then we, and then we went back and then we started writing, um, you know, on, um, in, the, in the cottage and then, and then when we... Uh, when we when we had an idea and we had like a breakthrough because basically songwriting is 99% frustration yeah, right? yeah yeah so whenever we had a breakthrough we'd celebrate by opening the door of the cottage getting a bag of carrots and throwing carrots what? at the sheep that were outside the front door right okay <laughs> yeah we'd be like hail satan throwing a <laughs> carrot at the sheep and that's that's how we celebrate that was our rock and roll rock and roll writing writing yeah. the album I mean that <laughs> First time I've heard anybody say that, so that's yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how yeah. that's how we roll, throwing carrots at sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so isolation worked really, yeah. really well for me. Um, I can't write on the road. I think that you know, being on the road, it, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. And and I think you know when you're an artist without um, management and without um, a record label at the moment, <laughs> it's like. Uh, you you got to wear a lot of different hats, so it's like okay, right. I'm now I'm gonna put my touring hat on. Now I've got my studio hat on. Now I've got my interview hat on, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's you know, and plus being on the road, like I said, it's just being in a tin can on wheels, going down the motorway for like ten hours a day, making soft park noises with your best <laughs> friends, and then and then at the end of it, you get out and then you play a show and you know nice. and, and have a lot of fun. So it's um, yeah, don't do any writing on the road. Who does the best South Park impression? James. <laughs> James, our drummer James. Right. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's so funny. My my guys are so weird. <laughs> they are so weird. The kind of that weird that they keep you saying on the road. Uh, I don't know about no. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Like sometimes they just look at me, they're like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> cool. but yeah no it's it's you know i'm very lucky to have such a great band and crew they're great guys um so yeah so it's just it's just a blast it's it's great fun cool. you know it's it's great i feel very lucky privileged to be able yeah. to play music and you know I, like i said for first um the first five years i was on the road all the time it was just me and my guitar and my suitcase and the mega bus yeah. but you know but now because it's growing and 
you know the, the shows are, the shows are getting a bit bigger and you know getting to do some cool stuff now now it's starting to grow and I, I can you know bring my best friends in now you know who are yeah that's who, amazing yeah you know and, and they all really love the songs as well so it's it's a really great feeling to be able to step on stage and like you know knowing that we're all there for the same reason we're all there for music and for art and you know and that yeah. we're all best mates as well so, nice. so it's a really really good feeling to be able to walk on stage with your best mates and yeah and just rock out it's brilliant awesome yeah um, and uh <laughs> you, you you've done a lot of work um and a lot of publicity for musicians against homeless yeah yeah um obviously from from what we've spoken about yeah. it's obviously something that's quite close yeah. to um how, how did that come about um oh wow how did it come about do they they contact you did you get in touch with them it was because <coughs> they contacted me with an invitation to go to parliament Wow. Um, yeah, something happened um, where it was a cross-party, cross-party politicians uh, formed this band and they did like a charity single. Right. And they did a gig in the House of Commons and it was the <laughs> first time they'd ever been at a gig in the House of Commons. So, um, um, yeah, so it was Musicians Against Homeless who, Homelessness who organised that along with Crisis Charity and they invited me to go. Um and it was quite a surreal experience yeah, to be it. honest it was it was really weird but it from that and seeing the work that they do and how music changes lives and yeah. how it changed my life um i got chatting with um you know emma and the guys at this feeling and i was and i was telling them about you know what happened to me and um and how important it how important their work was, you know, to someone like yeah. me as a young up and coming musician. So I just got talking to him and saying, you know, I'd love to get involved. I'd love, I'd love to do more. I'd love to just try and share my story and hopefully try and break down the stigmas that people associate with being homeless, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of misconceptions around it. People, a lot of people say, oh, you know, that person chooses to be homeless or they're on drugs or, yeah. you know, you know, and, it, and it's just completely, it's not the case. And I, and I can say that from personal experience, you know, yeah. everybody's got a story. Everybody walks their own war zone path, yeah. you know, and, and in this age of austerity, you know, and the current political and social climate, you know, a lot of people in this country are only one paycheck away yeah. from being on the streets. It can happen to any of us at yeah. any time. So I think that, um, for me personally, I just think, you know, just talking about it and showing that it can happen to any of us is, is might you know, it, hopefully it might be a good way just to add my voice to the conversation, you know, and yes, hopefully just, just try and try and get rid of those misconceptions. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think there's a lot, you know, yeah. um, I've done some work for, there's a, there's a Leeds charity, um, Simon on the Streets. Yeah. Um, and I think there's just so much about educating people yeah. about it and you yeah. know, taking some of the fear away. That's it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's great. I've seen there's a lot of pictures of you with uh, for the musicians against yeah. homelessness around. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be yeah, like getting it into the faces of people that may not have seen it before. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. something worth checking out. And there's, yeah. there's some good some good reading for people who want to find out some more. Yeah, absolutely. That. And but, you know, there's a lot of ways that people can get involved yeah. to, you know, to support and to try and, um, you know, to try and contribute some kind of positive energy. You know, it's not always about donating money. Sometimes no. it's just about talking, you know, and just being kind and yeah. and listening to people what to what people have to say and just just sharing really. Having a conversation sometimes is um you know, sometimes that can 
be more valuable than the money yeah. you know so so that's the whole point of um you know um well that's just why i've been talking about it on this tour and, and in this you know and through this ep campaign yeah. really because like i mean it's like you know in terms of uh interviews like you know people going oh what's it like to be a woman in punk What's yeah. it like being a protest singer? What's your favourite <laughs> colour? Is it blue? And it's like, well, I'd rather just occupy that space by trying to talk about something that, that's hopefully, you know, got a bit more like substance and yeah, value. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? Rather than just talking about in it and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there's a, you know, I, I mean, like, like I said, not a, not a protest singer, but um, but there is also a lot that's wrong with this world, you know. And I think that anything that just promotes like positive positive energy and yeah. love and and having know, those conversations like you said I think to yeah. get people talking yeah there's there's too much of especially with social media yeah that you know there's so many great things about social media don't, don't get me wrong yeah but people have despite the fact that everyone's connected to everybody mm. you, it, through you know phones in your pocket and that yeah people are so secluded as well yeah and people getting stuck in their own little bubbles yeah, yeah. and you know I, I've been so guilty of doing this that with social media you yeah. create your own feed so yeah. you're stuck in a, in a bubble Echo probably of people yeah of people mm. who think the same as you and it's too yeah. no matter which side you're on it's that's a pretty dangerous thing yeah so opening it out and you know with people that come to your shows who come from all walks yeah. of life yeah. to get those conversations happening yeah. at, you know at punk gigs yeah. at, at any gig at, you know yeah. anywhere that you're going yeah it, i think it just really really creates that interaction between people and yeah. gets people who wouldn't necessarily speak to each other talking and yeah. that's got to be a good thing yeah I, I, absolutely and as an artist with a platform even though it's only a little one you know i would like it to be bigger mm. in the future but you know, I, I think that when, when you're somebody who has a platform, you know, if you're writing a fanzine or making a podcast yeah. or writing songs, taking photos, whatever it is, you know, to have that platform is a complete privilege because yeah. there are a lot of people out there that actually don't have a voice. So, it, you know, so if we can, like, contribute in some way just to sort of amplify those voices, I think that I think that it, it's a good thing, yeah. really, you know. Um, and that, yeah, that's yeah. it. I, you know, and, and anything that's positive is good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'll wrap things up. Thank you okay. very much for your time. But I've got a few questions saved. Oh, quick fire round. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> so there's ten questions. Oh God. The answers. It's my favourite colour blue. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, how do you know? Um, <laughs> so, I just changed that one. So the answers are either Yorkshire or not Yorkshire. Oh my God. Okay. This is gonna get me lynched. Well, we'll see. Isn't we'll it? see. So I'm gonna get lynched here. Ten questions. So. What you're thinking is, is this exclusive to Yorkshire or could it be inclusive of Yorkshire but other places or just not Yorkshire at all? Oh so Yorkshire God. or not Yorkshire? Ready? This is, this is the kind of shit that gets you lynched on the internet. Because they'll, <laughs> yeah. like, they'll be like, she said she's from Yorkshire, but she's never had a Greg's pasty in her life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like oh. It's, no. a, it's a bit more about bylaws and, and stuff like that. Oh, but that's we'll interesting. See, we'll see how you go. Right. We'll see, we'll see where you score. Oh, my okay. God. So, <laughs> is this Yorkshire or not Yorkshire? Welshmen are banned from entering the city before sunrise and must leave before sunset. Is that in Yorkshire or not Yorkshire? Not Yorkshire. Correct. Chester. <laughs> Chester. Oh, that's where Jake's from. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. That is hilarious. So, is it illegal? Uh, no, it is illegal for a public house owner to permit a person to be drunk in his premises. 
is that Yorkshire or not Yorkshire? What? If you're a a pub owner, it's illegal for a person to be drunk on your premises. Yorkshire? Yeah, (laughs) that is Yorkshire. There's a lot of people breaking the law on that one. Um, If someone knocks on your door needing to use the toilet, you must let them enter. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, Scotland. <laughs> three for three. Oh, wow. Ooh, that'll, that'll come in handy yeah, next yeah. time we're on those long winding roads. There's, a, there's a few of these yeah. you can take them out of. Ooh. <laughs> um, it is legal to murder a Scotsman. <laughs> it's Yorkshire. <laughs> it, it is. Specifically, York, so long as they're carrying a bow and arrow. Oh, my God. I mean, I imagine you'd get done for murder. But apparently, it's technically, <laughs> wow. technically legal. Although I don't think it would stand up. Um, wow. It is legal for a male to urinate in public as long as it's on the rear wheel of his motor vehicle and right hand is on the vehicle. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Full UK. You don't want to know how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> no, no. That, this is that's not for public consumption. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> So, five for five, doing well. Just to let you know that at this point, that currently puts you joint second. Okay? Okay. Um, In July 2013, a law was passed that states it is illegal for adult children not to visit their parents often, and they are also required to attend to their parents' spiritual needs. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Yorkshire? York? Oh no, not Yorkshire. China. But that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, you have to, if you, you have to basically visit your parents a lot yeah. and attend to their, uh, their spiritual needs if you're in China. Okay, that's good there to know. Go. Yeah. When I move. Yeah. Uh, so it is illegal to drive with an uncaged bear. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, Missouri. <laughs> yeah, so I'm yeah. thinking, like, we don't get bears. No. Uh, teddy bears. <laughs> teddy bears in cages. Yeah. There's a new one for uh, Build-A-Bear Workshop. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, a law still exists from the Middle Ages that requires all males over the age of 14 to be trained in shooting a longbow. Not Yorkshire, full UK. Boom. Full UK. Two left. <laughs> there, there is still a law that exists that was instated in the 1800s that states a husband is allowed to beat his wife but only once a month. Yorkshire. <laughs> Ouch, no, Arkansas. Oh, sounds like Yorkshire. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I just started from laughing. Sorry, I just went, nah. <laughs> That sounds like Yorkshire, did it? Yeah. That's like classic Wakefield. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, 10 cans of Stella and you go home and beat your wife. Only once a month. Only once a uh, month. No, maybe yeah, we do, it like, we do it like at least three. Right, maybe, maybe that's the issue. <laughs> and I just snorted on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last one. So this, you're currently, currently, you're in joint first position. Boom. With, uh, yeah, we'll see, see how you do. Right. Currently, uh, you're... Joint with Roger Lima of Less Than Jake. Oh, right. Um, yeah, we've got to kick his ass. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm from Yorkshire. Yeah. He's American. Yeah. 
So I've got a All comes down to I've this. got to claim this title. Are you ready? <laughs> Fuck you, Roger. <laughs> it is illegal to flush a toilet after ten PM. Yorkshire, not Yorkshire. Pressure's on. Not Yorkshire. Not Yorkshire, Switzerland. Am I the winner? You are the winner. Yes! Currently winning. <laughs> Fuck you, Westman Jake. <laughs> Celebration dance. Well done, well done. Wow. Awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> well, and I had no help whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. Oh. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have an awesome gig tonight and the rest of the tour. Where's my crown? So there it is. That's episode nine with Louise Distras. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, as I say, it was a lot of fun. And I think it's fair to say that she was relatively excited about taking the Yorkshire Not Yorkshire crown from Roger Lima. Um, you know, she did really well. She is from Yorkshire, so potentially it could be argued it's expected. But no, um, a lot of them, it's irrelevant where, where you're from complete guesswork um but she did awesome so yeah that was an absolute pleasure talking to louise um do check her stuff out um yeah uh street revolution's great and i can't wait to hear the album um if you can catch her on tour it's well worth it so go go do that and um thank you very much i have got some very exciting guests or for me guests that i'm very excited to talk to coming up and there's been a couple that have fallen through which is a massive shame but hopefully these other ones all will go all swimmingly and you'll have some more excellent guests to listen to. Um, as always, thank you very much for the support. Um, ev- people have been giving some lovely stars on the iTunes. So if you do have iTunes, it would be massively appreciated if you want to go and select five stars. It means the world to me and also helps me get more and more guests because a lot of PR people are very interested in the star rating. Um, and how many people are listening um so if you could that would be massively helpful or just you know tell a friend get some more people listening um but thank you very much for your support and enjoy good night <laughs>